you know, it's true. Everyone wants that revenue, you know, the revenue increase, that next big idea that will make your sales and revenue life even better. Welcome to the Radio Rally on the Clubhouse app. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing the stories of an amazing radio pro, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We help local broadcasters make more money by being an affordable programming partner who can fully develop the right position for your local brand or brands to make the most money. Coach your morning show and other talents, design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates, and even produce your daily music logs, provide excellent voice trackers when needed, sales and promotional ideas that knock the ball out of the park and move the revenue needle. We are confidential and market exclusive for radio. You can reach out anytime if you've got a question, you've got a problem in your market. It is a confidential conversation with us and it all begins. Uh, you can just shoot me an email real quick, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Today's live event will be a podcast episode on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and will become available soon after the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to fabulous Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Uh, you can meet our guest live on Clubhouse, or you can subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a thing. We have two podcasts that you can uh, check out for, especially our big archive of guests, the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast and the Encouragers the Radio Rally Podcast. Both are on Apple, Audible, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. So what's about to happen on this event? We are sitting on March 28th, 2022, Jeffrey Lewinsky, I knew I'd mess his name up. Jeffrey Walensky is the Director of Federal and National Sales at WTOP, Federal News Network, and 2060 Digital Network in Washington, D.C. Uh, before we get to him, I want to share a couple of interesting things with you. Number one, next week on Monday here on the Radio Rally, we have a treat for you. April 4th, 2022, Rob Roberts is branding and programming for Kono, K-O-N-O-F-M, and KSMG-FM in San Antonio, Texas. He's going to tell us, we're probably going to slip in some Atlanta conversation too. That dude is a legendary programmer, and you're going to learn a lot in that uh, period of time as well. And a lot of people know that we're programming consultants, but we also do an awful lot to encourage uh, radio sellers, sales managers, and market managers too, because we are in the business of advertising. On April 14th, we're launching our next radio sales exclusive event. Our Q2 event will be free on your smartphone for market managers, sales managers, and local radio sellers. We are calling it Getting Higher Sales Now in a Crowded Market. And it comes at the most appropriate time, of course. This is where you really get your second wind of the year and start powering up. And of course, this event will feature sales consultant Alec Drake as my co-host from Drake Media Group in Dallas. And listen to this. We're not 
not just going to be consultants telling you, hey, you ought to do this. This is a good idea. No, we're going to be joined by on-the-ground experts who are generating revenues for their company, for their cluster, for their radio stations today in local markets. Let's give you examples. Dave Deutsch will be with us. He's president of Midwest Family and an intensely creative revenue generator. Brian Maloney will be with us, too. He is the vice president of Capital Broadcasting. These are real experts developing revenue right now, and they're going to share with you directly how to boost your Q2 and remaining 2022 revenue. When is it all happening? April 14th, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, live on the Clubhouse app. Of course, it will follow on the podcast as well after. We do have guests every single week on the Radio Rally. You can see our full guest calendar all the way into, I think we're scheduling into late May and early June right now. And of course, you can get that on our free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com. We have encouragement for on-air and promotions with what we call more than live and local. And we have even more encouragement for local radio sellers with our encouraging sales success series, as well as free resources for anyone in radio or audio today. We do not lock away anything on our website the way some consultants do. That is because we believe in our theory of abundance. Ask me about it sometimes. I'd be glad to share it with you. So go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime. See what you can get for free from our team. Please follow the people on this stage tonight at this event and look around the room for people that you'll want to connect with while you're here tonight as well. We are here to encourage you in your broadcast career, and we promote networking with others in our industry regularly. Today's guest is Jeffrey Walensky. Uh, listen to all that he is responsible for. You think you've got some pressure. He is the Director of Federal and National Sales for WTOP in Washington, D.C., also the Federal News Network and 2060 Digital. We're going to get into what all that means. But first, I got to tell you a little bit about Jeffrey. Born into media, Jeffrey Walensky grew up in a family-owned and operated full-service advertising agency where marketing and advertising were part of the menu at dinner, at the dinner table. Can you imagine what kind of mm, head start and education you might get under those circumstances? For the past 20 years, he's worked with literally hundreds, or probably many more, local and national companies on creative media concepts and execution. Jeffrey currently is the Director of Federal and National Sales for WTOP and the Federal News Network. WTOP, by the way, is the number one revenue-producing radio station in the country and has evolved from just being a radio station into a digital news organization that currently provides outreach to its massive radio, digital, and social audiences. In addition, it offers external digital services to its clients so that WTOP can provide marketing services beyond its proprietary audience, helping clients target any audience through digital marketing. Jeffrey has delivered, by the way, three main stage original speak speeches at GAIN, the premier event for government marketers 
from the Government Marketing University and has been featured on a number of podcasts, including this one now, as well as he has been part of many panel discussions, and you're going to find out why. He is a certified facilitator of the creative problem-solving process and a five-time finalist and 2013 winner of the National Sales Manager of the Year Award presented by Radio Inc. He is a graduate of the University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Jeffrey, by the way, coaches youth sports and cheers Maryland basketball. What else would you expect from somebody in his market, right? Jeffrey, Welcome to the Encouragers and the Radio Rally. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, and I'd be doing even better if Maryland basketball was still alive in March Madness, but we can't do it every year, so there's always next year, Lloyd. Oh, brother, this year there have been some real surprises, right? For sure. That's why they play the games. That's why. Yeah, I always see these coaches say, well, we're going to put so-and-so out, and I'm like, Hey, dude, it's a game. <laughs> Anything can happen, right? Exactly. And and that's life. That's game, exactly right. A game that show, March Madness is something that represents what can happen in life, that you do not know what is going to happen until you go out there and experience the action. So uh, that's why I love sports and specifically college basketball. So we're talking at a great time of year. Well, it's interesting that you said that because I'm going to start right there. You just, I, I could hear you talking to sellers about this. You can't figure out what's going to happen until you get into the action. To you, is it is like a basketball game then. Well, for sure. And actually, I'll jump into my first piece. And one of the things that I talk about to my sellers all the time is, is the mindset. One of the things that I find that is a, a, a thing that plagues sellers in our industry is that they come into their manager's office or even into the client's office and they think something rather than know something. So they come in and maybe you're working on a deal and you're, you're competing for a piece of business. They come into the manager's office and they're like, oh, the, the, what we have in front of them doesn't get the deal done. The manager says, what gets the deal done? And the salesperson says, I think if we do this, they'll say yes. I never wanna go with what they think the sales process is a collaborative one where I want to know what will get the deal done rather than think I know what gets the deal done because then I'm just guessing. Guessing is for carnivals. Guessing is for games. I want to know. That's what I want in business. We base our decisions on things we know, not things we guess about. You know, it's really interesting. I, right out of the gate, I'm getting the feeling of, you remember that old movie, Wall Street? I, I do remember you're a little bit before my time, but I do. I do. No, I get it. I get it. But in that movie, the main character says to the guy that is the newbie, he's like, I don't want to know what you think. What what am I going to do with that? I need to know you're paid to know. No, so it's no. virtually uh, the same conversation, right? Yeah. And that and so I want to make the distinction that that deals with when you're negotiating a deal today, our jobs are far more than negotiating deals. Right. And the biggest piece, I know that one of the, the, the lead-ins was about my, my background and my parents owning an advertising agency, is my background is marketing and sales. And to me, that's the perfect combination for people in our, our business today or any day, which is understanding how to market yourself and your clients and integrate that into sales. And so that part, 
about it is a different, different story. In making a deal, you want to know. In creating ideas, then I do want to know what you think. I do want your interpretations. I do want your participation. I do want what you bring to the table as, as an individual when you're part of the team. I do want to know what you think, just not in a case where we're guessing on what gets a deal done. So just want to make that distinction. Uh, you know what? And that's excellent advice. I do want to start at the dinner table with your parents. Tell us who's sitting at the dinner table and perhaps one of your earliest memories that you have where, you know, you're sitting there and you're learning something about advertising. Absolutely. So it was, uh, I have an older brother and my mom and dad. So my dad was the head of the agency, the creative side of things, the, the business development, as well as the person that managed the office. My mom was the media buyer. She, uh, luckily, we live literally down the street from Arbitron's headquarters. Uh, they, they were in Columbia, Maryland, where they started. And my dad had a variety of ways that this agency got started, but she decided that before it was cool to work from home, she was working from home doing the media buying where they had an agency and an office that she would go into during the day while my brother and I were at school. What I found to be most interesting is my experience growing up got to show me a lot of different things about sales and marketing. And so I'll give you two stories, one about each, one about sales, one about marketing. The sales one is a favorite of mine because I was always interested in both the combination of winning and money. And so when you thought about those combinations of things, that gives you um, ambition to make something happen. So my dad was the general manager of an amusement park. Today it goes by the name of Six Flags America. At the time it went by the name Wild World. And, and I was in first grade and we had uh, the, these, what, what you would call, uh, they called them dealy boppers at the time, but it was like a, a head type of thing that had little springs on it and glitter and all this type of stuff. The kids would want to buy and wear at an amusement park. And my dad said, this box of them, they won't sell in the store. And you could walk around the park selling them. And my brother was older than me and, and always in charge. And he told me I had to carry the box and he would collect the money. <laughs> so we start walking around the park and my brother always got tired before I did. But my work ethic was, we're not going to be done until we sell everything in the box. Now, they say that when you tell a story about from when you're, you know, five and six years old, at some point, the story is the memory, not the memory itself. Mm. So I don't know if the reason that I kept going was because I loved sales or I wanted to get rid of everything in the box so it would be lighter for me to carry around the park. Because can you imagine walking all day around an amusement park having to carry this big box while your brother collects the money? As Who a knows? kid. Right, as, as a, a kid. kid. So my, my ambition was I want to sell everything in this box so that I can ha not have to carry it anymore and that you get a work ethic and a salesperson who has ambition, a hunger for winning, a desire to dictate their own income, and the, the will to continue until they fulfill the job was that sales lesson in first grade for sure for me. All right, so I'm checking boxes here. You did not have dinner with your parents where an advertising agency was part of the conversation. You had dinner with the advertising agency. Oh. The whole agency was right there. Checkbox number two, you had really amazing on-the-job training 
as a first grader at what it means to go sell and, and apply work ethic, which is incredible. How did you come to work at WTOP? You know, and I want to know this, do most of your clients know up front the power of that brand and do they respect it before your people walk in? Well, uh, great big question, but I'm going to tell you one, one more quick story oh. about uh, marketing. And um, one of the things at this amusement park was one of the clients. One of the things this amusement park did was it relied on radio stations in a, in a heavy way to drive people oh. to the park. So this relates to how I came to work at WTOP, but it also, again, starts when I was in, in first grade. And I learned the power of promotions from radio stations. Yes. This, this radio station at the time, uh, WAVA, W-A-V-A in Washington, D.C., was the home of the Don and Mike show. Well before Don and Mike became uh, national and podcasts and split off and all kinds of different things, the Don and Mike had the morning zoo. We're talking about like 1984, 1985 or something like this. And um, the amusement park did a promotion with Don and Mike that drove a ton of people into this theater. And uh, my brother and I were in the theater and talking to Don and Mike between the break. And what I learned at a very young age was that there was an entertainment aspect designed to draw people to the park. At that point, they were doing a remote designed to draw people to come to this amusement park. And what what a lot of people don't even understand, even when they come to work at the radio station, is what is the function of a radio station and why do people do business with that radio station? It Thank has you. nothing to do with radio. It has everything to do with what that business wants to get out of the radio station. In this Correct. case, it was attendees at the park. In some cases, it's selling roofs. In other cases, it's selling cars. In other cases, it's getting people to sign up to, to go to a school. The function of the radio station from a sales perspective has nothing to do with selling radio and everything to do with solving business needs of the people it does business with. So that leads to how did I get to work at WTOP? My passion as a child on into high school where I started to do internships with uh, TV stations, outdoor billboard companies, and then into college at the University of Maryland where for three years I sold the advertising in the newspaper at the University of Maryland uh, was an uh, unbelievable education in understanding how and why advertisers use different media to benefit their business. From there, I was able to work at Clear Channel, now iHeart, as well as CBS, uh, ultimately following a path of uh, who were the people that were best to work for, and that's Joel Oxley, Matt Mills, and even all the way up now at this point to, to Ginny, she wasn't part of WTOP when uh, I started working there, it was owned by Bonneville and, and Bruce Reese was the CEO, but working for the best people Jeffrey, with a great product led me to WTOP. Jeffrey, you just said something interesting. I just want to clarify this. Did you say that your career has followed working for the best people in an environment, not the companies? Well, luckily, the best people have stayed at WTOP, so I, I've stayed. I've stayed with them. But well, yes. we we actually recently did a survey of our team, and the number one reason that people chose for why 
they they enjoy continuing to work here, and we have a long tenure of group on the group on the team, is the people that they work with and the fulfillment they get from the job, and they go hand in hand because we work together. It's a big deal. It's a bigger deal. Uh, you know, it's just hard to say to somebody who's involved in sales, but it's a bigger deal sometimes than money. That feeling that you're doing something that matters. Listen, I do want to ask you about this because I know about the power of those letters, WTOP. Uh, do most of your clients for your sellers, do they know the power of that brand and do they respect it oftentimes on the front end or or maybe maybe you're just just like everybody else to them? We're just like everybody else to them in the sense that if they give us a dollar, they want to get two, three, four, ten dollars in return. It doesn't matter if we're WTOP or WXYZ, no name they've ever heard of. If you are a business, your goal is to give the the company you're investing with a dollar and get two, three, four, ten dollars in return. And this if is we, your goal too, right, Jeffrey? A hundred percent. Hundred percent. Okay. So, do you have a, a philosophy personally about networking in your market? I'm talking about with business owners and other people. Uh, if so, can you please share that with us? It's our business to know what's going on in our market. Now, the the cool thing for me, having grown up in Washington D.C. area, gone to the University of Maryland for a short time, I worked at WCBS in New York for about two years. Moved to um, Long Island for a little while and realized that for me, I wasn't part of the business community in the way that I am here, and that my ultimate success, because of the, the integration I am into the business community here and the knowledge that I have, could be more effective in this area. And so there's two pieces to it. One is understanding how the market works so you can be a better marketer and a better resource for your clients. And two is understanding how you can best create their experience with your organization so that their dollar invested can give back to them as much as possible. And they will continue to be your client as long as you continue to deliver for them. We have to realize that networking and relationships and all that type of stuff only works as long as you're delivering a return on their investment. And I've seen that with our company and others where they launch new stations and they tell everybody what it's going to be and do. And people will give you a chance once That's based right. off of relationships. The second time, it has to be based off of results. Right. And of course, every time you deliver, it deepens that trust in you as well. Listen, uh, I, I would like to point this out, Jeffrey, that I prepared these questions in advance and you are crushing it, brother, because you've already, you've already had this conversation twice about, no, we're not different than other people. We have to show it. When your boss was on our podcast, Joel Oxley said, look, uh, uh, to, uh, um, to us, things that you know, lead us to believe. Uh, he said things to me that led me to believe that y'all don't take anything for granted and that you're always looking for unique ways to be helpful, to solve problems, and to create new revenue. Not just revenue, new revenue. Look, everybody wants more revenue. That's not what Joel was talking about with us. He 
was talking about a culture of design and performance where your team is cultivating dollars. How does this culture get established in a place like WTOP or anywhere for that matter? Well, it starts at the top. Uh, the, the first place, the top of our company and, and Ginny Morris with the Hubbard family is that they've given Joel autonomy to run the Washington DC market to the best of his ability and that they have confidence in his ability to deliver not only on the goals that they've set for him, but on goals that he's set for himself. Then Joel, that trickle down effect, hires people like myself that he has confidence in, that he believes in, that he, and he lets them do their job. So once you start with that as the premise, that's how culture starts to build. Then you, you take the ability for people to shape the culture of the organization and, and listen. Joel is actually an amazing listener in and understanding what can put people in a position where they are happy, confident, and successful. Because the most successful people are those that are happy and confident. When you're confident, you can become successful. So creating that environment starts at the top, and we have a fantastic one here in Washington, D.C. Let me tell you, I got a real uh, earful of his, his confidence in you specifically. As a matter of fact, he recommended that I reach out to you, and I very uh, carefully asked him to make the connection. <laughs> uh, he, he is very confident about your ability, and I can see quickly why that is uh, confidence well-placed. How much does creativity come into play at WTOP when it comes to the production of revenue? Because I, I think a lot of people don't think of production of revenue as a, a form of creativity, but I certainly think it is, re it is radio's secret weapon if radio will use it. Anybody that's involved to want to be part of this podcast or all of the things that you talked about at the onset of the program that thinks that revenue just comes to radio at a level that achieves their goals is uh, living in the past. Right. Sure, there were times where um, there were radio stations that could literally just turn on the, the signal, play some music, air some commercials and print some invoices. That's not the era that we live in today. Not to say that they didn't have challenges back then. Every era, every generation was working in a time where the people would say, it's just so hard right now, right? That, that's going to be the case in 2022, and that's going to be the case in 2032. It's harder than it's ever been. That's just the way the world works. But when it comes to understanding what you can do, you have to realize that people don't want to just buy the same thing over and over. They want to evolve and be different, just like we're constantly buying different clothes and the styles are changing or we're constantly trying new restaurants and foods. People have an emotional aspect to wanting to try new things, to buy into new things, to associate with new things. And so you have to make your organization creative enough that even though the ultimate thing that they're buying, marketing services delivered through a radio ad or a banner ad or a social ad or whatever it is, you have to make the campaign feel energized, new and different. And you can see that in, in all kinds of brands uh, I think it was last year's Super Bowl where they did the whole stunt with Mr. Peanut, one of the you know, most yeah. iconic peanuts. You, you have to 
constantly think about how people feel about your brand. And we're selling two things. We're selling advertising to the community in, in DC that wants to reach our audience, but we're also selling our product to the potential listening audience, to the potential viewing audience of our website, the potential following audience of our social media followers. What are we selling to them? We're selling them an experience, an association, trustworthiness, entertainment, all kinds of different things that have evolved and changed over time. You love your job, I think. And and look, I love that if somebody runs into you digitally or in person, I bet, they find these ideas, and I'm quoting, and I know you're going to understand this right away, sharing solutions, connecting audiences, measuring results. That is a powerful focus that includes this word, one of my favorite, accountability. Most people try to stay in the shadows on accountability. That certainly has been kind of historically kind of a radio thing, but you put it out front, up front. Tell us about that philosophy because you've been speaking it since we've been talking. So I think you can, for, the, if for a radio audience, let's look at where the industry is today. The large players in the industry have said, we need uh, local sellers to concentrate on the local market and we can handle the national business at a national level more efficiently with less people, less costs. So what does that bring the vast majority of people that work at radio stations into? Working with local clients. What do local clients want? They don't say, they don't wake up in the morning and say, let's advertise on the radio. They wake up in the morning and say, let's get more people into our business. So yes. when that starts with, as a resource to their business, we're going to share solutions. Those solutions could be all kinds of things for all kinds of radio stations across the country, from events to social media campaigns to endorsements to uh, digital solutions that all of these companies offer to our original form of communication, the radio ad. Right. So they right. want to. They they want somebody that can help them share the solutions that might make sense to, for their business. Right. So you right. start that. Those solutions are connecting that advertiser, connecting that business with potential buyers from their business. So who are they trying to target? Where are those people? Those are things that we need to find out. And how can we incentivize those people to care enough to do business with this potential partner of ours? That's you know bringing together, targeting the audiences. And last is showing and proving that value that what you did with those ideas and those solutions targeted at those audiences delivered results. You wrapped up, up in a bow and you've got a client for life. They're gonna continue to share with you what their challenges are. You're gonna share with them solutions to overcome those challenges. You're gonna target their audience and you're gonna measure how your campaigns go have gone. Over time, not everything is going to work. But if they see value in what you're doing over time, they will continue to give you the opportunity to help their business because that's, they're not looking for friends. They're looking to help their business. I think it comes down in a lot of cases to over time when you use accountability with what you're doing and you use honesty and you're right up front about your process and what you're doing, it builds a reputation that you care about them and what they're after. You hit you hit it on the on the nose. That's exactly what we're doing. Okay, let's talk about this. I want to know, I, and I'm sure other people do too. How many sellers do you manage today? 
we manage as a group. So WTOP, Federal News Network, and 2060's DC piece has 12 total direct salespeople that are 100% dealing with our clients, 100% commissioned based off of the revenue that they bring in. We have four sales managers, and then we have some folks on our implementation team that help us deliver on the campaigns that the salespeople have sold. I'm one of the- completely floored me that there are just 12 sellers. Yeah, and and we're bringing in $70 million in revenue among those 12. We have local salespeople that are doing more revenue than we're doing through our national arm and our friends at CATS. I don't say that to uh, disparage anything that's taking place with the national business we that we do. I, I do that to show the power of what we've built with our local sales team. I love the people at CATS. Chad yeah. Brown and Matt Cluft have done a phenomenal job for everything uh, and our relationship over the years. At the same time, Radio stations cannot solely look to national advertisers as a way to get to their their goals. National advertisers uh, that are they're doing everything on a cost per point basis and not viewing the difference between gross trading point from one station to the second station and buying in bulk with limited resources from these agencies. Yeah. That's not going to get you where you want to be. If you look at what our license is. From the FCC, from when we turned the electricity on for the first time, part of that premise was to serve the local community in terms of the program we were delivering, but really the local community in terms of the business community is where I'm focused right now. I'm almost always amazed at how much work people will put into not doing that. And and, sure. what, and what you just talked about is the path to more revenue, right? If I can help somebody's business, they'll continue to invest with us and revenue will take care of itself. Help people's business and your business will take care of itself. You know what? You sound like me as a programming uh, consultant for these radio stations. I always say ratings are not real. Forget about that. Look at the behavior that creates the the uh, consequences. Ratings are consequences, right? They they don't just happen. They happen because of something that you are doing. So let's talk about this. In your opinion, and you did touch on this earlier, saying that all people kind of say this across time. But I want to know from your lips: Is it tougher being a sales rep today than when you first began? If so. What do you do to help your local sellers? Lloyd, it's tougher today. It'll be tougher tomorrow. and It'll be tougher the day after. You want to know why that is? Is because we have to live today and then we have to live tomorrow. We have to live the day after. It was easy in the past because we've already done it. So our answer is today is the toughest day that we have to deal with because it's the only day that we have to deal with. Well, there are things you don't know about today, right? Yesterday, you know all about yesterday. Exactly. And we can only look with hope for the future. So what what good does it do us to talk about how tough it is? What good it does us is to focus on how do we accomplish our goals for today? Are you good at compartmentalizing, Jeffrey? You know, that's a great question. I've never been asked that before. Uh huh. I'll have to come back to you on that one. <laughs> I'll have to think about that one more. Well, no, because it just seems to me that you're a guy that understands the present and being present with your clients, being present with your sellers, being present with your company, right? 
for sure. That's a, that's a great point. I will admit that I can very much uh, dwell on things in the past, but I I will tell you outside of say is uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I lost you for just a second. Uh, one of the things that I put great thought into is there are three things that you can eliminate from your life that will cause you to be happy. The first one, don't regret anything that happened in the past. You can't change it. The second one is don't what other people have. Somebody will always have more than you and somebody will always have less than you. And the last one is don't delay your happiness to the future with the I'll be happy when syndrome. I'll be happy when my youngest child is out of diapers. I'll be happy when I save money for his college. I'll be happy when I save this much. I'll be happy when I achieve this title. I'll be happy when I get this car. You will always then be happy when something happens in the future. Choose to be happy today. Know that la that what happened yesterday made you part of who you are today and that the things you have are valuable to you. The things you want are the things that you're work you'll work toward getting. And and that that is the distinction between somebody who dwells on the past or compartmentalizes, however you want to put it, versus mm -hmm. somebody who is able to be in in present and moving forward with life. How much concentration do you place on data versus storytelling with your sellers? Storytelling is the number one thing. Storytelling that has incorporated data is what we're doing. So if right. you show somebody boring data, you may as well be an accountant. If you show somebody exciting, entertaining marketing data, then you can be in marketing and sales. Data is extraordinarily important when you look at what is available to us, whether right. it be through our relationship with Nielsen or more importantly, our relationship more so with companies like Google Analytics and Facebook and other platforms that are available to us. Telling that story in an entertaining way is more important than ever because people's attention spans are smaller than they've ever been. So delivering the oh, message nice. with the data is what I would tell you rather than data or message. All right, so so far I've learned that Jeffrey, and I'm kind of making light of this, but not really because it's a, you're, we're on respectful ground here for what I'm about to say. Jeffrey is not only responsible for the most revenue on a radio station in North America, but he can do it with very few sellers. So, so my next question for you is, how does your team recruit new sellers? Well, the first thing I think we got to think about is we keep judging ourselves only about the universal aspect of the 10,000 or so radio stations in America. And while that seems like there's a lot of people to compete against to be number yes. one, let's think bigger. So when you think bigger, Today, the president of the United States put out the budget for the next calendar fiscal year for the for the United States in the trillions of dollars. Yes. Why are we thinking in the millions of dollars when there is somebody out there thinking in the trillions of dollars? Now, I'm not proposing that I want to be the next president of the United States. I, I definitely don't. That's not a, a fun job, right? But when you think about things that expand the horizon of what you can be looking at, Let's not judge ourselves against each other. Let's judge ourselves against what is possible. And so what is possible is sure, we could have more than 12 salespeople, 
but let's see what we can do with the 12 salespeople that we have. Let's yeah. take ourselves to our limits and then add more people. Let's not add people for the sake of adding people. Let's add people that can deliver the level of quality, that can deliver the level of marketing, and that can deliver the level of partnership that those local businesses that work with us deserve. So if we find somebody today that can do that, we'll hire them. If we find five people today that can do that, we'll hire them. If we find nobody today that can do that, we'll hire nobody. That's the approach that we take. Well, and look, you just said, uh, you didn't say these words, but you kind of did. You said radio should look to unlimiting itself. Stop limiting and start thinking about what is possible against the universe. Yes? For sure. And so when you put yourself in a division or a league, you can only be in that division or league. And my, my you mentioned that I coach sports teams. Yes. I was talking to um, Katie Ledecky, the famous women's swimmer. Her and her mother came to WTOP after she won her first set of gold medals in the 2012 London Olympics. At the time, my uh, first child was five years old. And I was like, oh, he's going to be great at sports with my uh, agenda and and pushing him. And so I was everybody was taking a picture with Katie Ledecky. And I said to her mom, when did you know that Katie was going to be better than everybody else? And so they were from Bethesda, Maryland. And she said, well, first she was best, the best one in Bethesda. And then she was the best one in Montgomery County. And then she was the best one in Maryland. And then she was the best one in the United States. And she was the best one in the world, right? But she yeah. said, I didn't know that. And, and I didn't decide that. She said, what I did was I just drove her to swim practice. And I didn't tell her to go to swim practice. She said, Katie, at five and six years old, was waking herself up at five o'clock in the morning and then waking me, her mom, up and saying, take me to the pool. And she said, so if your kid is the one driving that and your kid is the one that has the motivation, then you might have something special. But if you're the one saying to the kid, you got to get up and go to practice, you're not going to be in the Olympics someday, right? And oh, so same that, with your sellers too. The same, that's the same type of thing that you have to look for. What drives this person? What is the motivation? What is the thing that they're passionate about? Wow. Listen, I, I'm going to ask you this because of the breadth of your job, right? How do you personally stay organized? Because you have a lot going on every single day. Yeah, organization is key. I find that our most successful people are organized, but creative, rare combo. Right. They are self-motivated, but realistic, also a rare combo, and they never quit. So from an organization standpoint, one thing that I've been uh, luck lucky to have, it comes from my mom and dad, is I was born with the ability to have a great memory. Uh, the other folks at WTOP will tell you, I'm also the WTOP sales historian because I can just remember everything. But I would tell you that you remember the things that are important to you. And so it starts with that. Focus on what's important, what's important to you, and you'll have a good memory about it. Then from there, you have to have a logical, thought-out system, and you have to hold yourself to it. You can have the best system in the world, 
But if you don't follow your own system on a significant cadence and basis, no system will work. So find the system that works for you, be passionate about what you do, and follow your system and hold yourself accountable to it, and you'll be plenty organized. I think the really badass millennials call this UBU. (laughs) In other words, if you're going to be you, be the best you you can be. Listen, this next question might be, I don't know, maybe it's unusual, but I'm, um, I'm not sure it would be unusual based on your brand. And I specifically am not talking about your radio tower when I ask this question, especially based on all we've learned in the last few minutes. Uh, how far does WTOP's revenue influence reach? Help me understand the, how, what do you mean by the how far does the revenue influence reach? Well, look, you know, uh, you're, you have talked about data. You've talked about storytelling. You, you have talked about influence. We've not specifically brought that into the conversation, but you are big on accountability all everything that you do this is my programming philosophy and it certainly is something that i would bring into a sales meeting in a second Uh, accountability and consistency in performance consistency in behavior creates results and there is a footprint for this so wtop's revenue influence may not in any way look like the signal pattern of the radio station for sure. Be much, much larger. And I suspect it is. For sure. And I'll, I'll bring this to my specific uh, daily focus at WTOP, and that is um, the world of these federal contractors. For many Americans, they don't realize how influential and important the federal government is to some of the largest companies in the world. Yes. And when you, when you look at what's meaningful to the largest companies in the world, Decisions that are made here in Washington, D.C. massively impact their ability to structure their businesses the way they want it to and to deliver for their shareholders for the publicly traded ones. So when you think about some of the programs that WTOP has been involved in and the mentions that all the way up to former president of the United States Barack Obama had about WTOP, the reach beyond the revenue is tremendous. There was a a senator uh, from Oklahoma, Tom Coburn, that in a Senate hearing about defense spending mentioned hearing defense contractors advertise on WTOP. And he he said in this hearing, do you know how many, he said, his quote was, on my drive home, I listened to WTOP. He said, do you know how many government employees must listen to WTOP because in the afternoon drive, I hear contractor after contractor advertising directly to the procurement people in, in the government. And they're not advertising on price. They're advertising on value. Right. And if you look at some of the things that have happened in the federal government over the years where they were accused of the lowest price technically acceptable, the LPTA pattern of just buying the cheapest, it actually applies to the one of the challenges in our industry. Many people are saying, what's the lowest price 
technically acceptable solution that I can buy. Well, the lowest price technically so, uh, solution that you can buy is likely to be one that doesn't drive results for your business. I'd rather ask, what is the correct solution for the problem that I have? What solves my problem? And that's what the senator was pushing for and describing that the defense contractors that advertise with WTOP are talking about in their commercial message, in their marketing material to try to market and sell billions of dollars worth of products and services to the federal government. They're advertising not on price, but on value. And value's where it's at, brother. Because if you show more value than what you're charging, people don't care what the price is. They care about the result. That's exactly right. And this whole conversation from the very get-go with you has been about what? Price? Uh-uh. It's been about value and about the pressure to bring the most value to your conversations and to what you're doing with clients. Do you re remember, this is probably ancient history for you. Do you remember when you and your team started down the path of Google Analytics and Google Ad Search and learning other digital? Can you share just a blip of what that journey uh, has been to becoming a more full service uh, 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 offering and, and offering a lot of digital offerings for clients as well? And maybe how much of that matters to you versus all the other things that you oversee. I, I do recall it. And I would tell you that if we didn't do it, then we wouldn't as a company have the type of people working here with the longevity that they have. Adding those capabilities and services along with the training and the expertise that has provided to us, as well as the income it's afforded us based off of the additional revenue that it's provided, has led the company to retain top talent, deliver work at, that is engaging and uh, keeps them focused on delivering, and then ultimately gives that value to their clients. I'll give you a great story. There is a company, a jewelry store in Washington, D.C., uh, actually in Northern Virginia, that started advertising with WTOP about 20 years ago. At the mm -hmm. time, they started buying radio commercials. Those radio commercials worked driving their business bigger. They moved to a location that was bigger because of the results that WTOP was providing up, literally only advertising in one place on WTOP. Today, that store relies on WTOP to build their website, do their Google Analytics, place their social ads, place their Google ads, place uh, YouTube ads on their behalf, and oh, by the way, they still buy ads on WTOP. They are more successful today than they were pre-COVID. And during COVID, they pivoted to virtual appointments that they were able to communicate to their target audience and deliver results on. They are one of our best stories in terms of the evolution of our offerings to our clients from a radio company with ads on the radio to a marketing company that provides them a full-scale set of services to generate return on their marketing dollar. You know, you, you and I don't know each other well yet, Jeffrey, but I'm going to tell you this. I, in my practice as a programming consultant, I spend a lot of time uh, uh, talking with clients very passionately about the creative side of our business 
about getting involved in a deeper depth with clients. You know, I run across people who are certainly not in your market size, uh, who sometimes will just shirk their shoulders and go, I don't want to be into digital. I don't want to be doing this. And I'm like, look, tell me why. And they're like, well, it's not profitable enough and it distracts from our real business. And I went, look, here's the deal. And you correct me if I'm wrong, because you certainly are more of an expert than I am. But I, I always look at digital and these other opportunities, not necessarily as the greatest profiteering, if you will. I think there's ways that we can accelerate the profit. But I think of them as deepening relationships with clients who trust you and bringing those clients closer to you. And I think that is extraordinarily important for our brands today. Well, I, I understand what you're saying, and it goes back to what is appropriate solution for the client. Yes. Facebook and Google and these other companies became more valuable than the entire radio industry relatively quickly in our lifetimes, in our career, in the time that I've been working in the yeah. business. So if you're not going to use those resources as ways to help your client and profit on those, even if your profit margin is smaller, I'd rather have $1 in profit than $0 in profit. And I'd rather have a client that does and places their business through me so I have the opportunity to, to have them have radio dollars. But if the client has no radio dollars and I'm placing their digital dollars for them, I have a client. So for, for me, it is all about keeping a client. And if I have to add to the capabilities that my organization has to, yes. to keep a client, and, and that's going to make sense for me from a scalability standpoint, mm -hmm. that, that is where having marketing expertise and capabilities that people want to invest in, that I can deliver return on their vest investment, keeps me in business. Whether or not I have a radio station, I have the ability to deliver results to my client through marketing capabilities. You know, you're on the front lines every single day. If you could put your finger on it, what do you think is the most concerning issue for sales managers right now in the radio business? It's been the same thing since the beginning of sales, focusing on your problems versus this, the, the client's problems. Oftentimes, we as human beings think about our own motivations rather than altruistically thinking about the client's motivations. If you can structure yourself in a way that you make sure you truly understand what is most important to the client, you will make more sales than if you think about what's most important to you or your company. Our, our industry has done a terrible job of focusing on let's get as many clients into this promotion yeah. or concert or that promotion or concert, which sends our salespeople out trying to pitch things rather than find out what is appropriate for the person that we're partnering with. Find out what matters to them, give them a solution to it, and you will make more sales than if you try to sell them something. And I love that you started this whole conversation that mythically is about somebody walking into your office from your sales team and saying, and I want this to go with what you just said again, you don't tell me what you think. Tell me what you know. Tell and me that what comes you know. from asking questions. It does. 
and, and, and the, the old model of sales was selling something to somebody. You know, the movies that we watch, and uh, to your point about, you know, classic movies and always be closing and stuff like that. Yeah. That is, a, that is a, a, a foreign mentality to today. People it don't is, like it. Right. Discover what they need and share how you can help. The sale will take care of itself. I'm not saying to be passive. I'm saying to be collaborative. I'm saying to be valuable. I'm saying to show them a path to solve their problems. Problem solving is the number one quality that we would look for in somebody to work with us at WTLP. I think you'll like this. I was reading this thing about Meryl Streep, and she said this, and I immediately thought of radio sellers. I did. She said, great acting is not about acting at all. And, you know, if you think about sellers, you know, traditionally people think, oh, so-and-so talks a lot. They'd be a great seller. Uh, not true. Great listeners are great sellers, right? Because they hear what the problem is before they go to work. What she's saying about actors is it's not acting, it's reacting. It's listening to what is being done in front of you and reacting to it. Let, let's talk about this for a minute. What do you think the future of sales look like at WTOP? You guys are on this mountaintop that you build on every year. Will there be more opportunities created in non-traditional lanes for you? Will the creativity continue to sprout other things? 100%, but I'll build on what you were talking about with Meryl Streep is you know, it, the, the reacting. What, she, what she's talking about is, is how you react to somebody else and that we as human beings are put in this earth with seven billion people that we're, we're not going to be individualized or by ourselves. We're going to be in societies that react to each other. But right. when we're in control of our reaction, we are able to thrive. When emotions control who we are, that's where we get in trouble. And if you think about what happened last night in the Oscars <laughs> with Will Smith and Chris Rock, yeah. Here is a guy in Will Smith who's having the, the best professional night of his life, about to win yes. the Oscar for best actor, and he can't control his own emotions. And the same thing is true with a salesperson. I recall telling our best salesperson at WTOP years ago before she got to the mountaintops that she's climbed and delivered the, the sales records that she's delivered – the number one thing about this business is being able to control the emotional roller coaster of being a hundred percent commission-based salesperson because emotional control is the thing that allows you to be consistent. Being on a wild roller coaster gives you inconsistent results. Inconsistent results don't work for you, don't work for your manager, don't work for your company, and don't work for your client. Boom. Consistent results do. Consistent results are what are going to lead WTOP. Oh, you dropped out I'm again. Sorry, I had a call coming in. Consistent results are what are going to lead WTOP to finding what is next. You got the call coming in again. Comes <laughs> from what our advertisers need. 
we will continue to deliver to the market what our advertisers need for new and innovative products to our clients. All right, so let's try this on because this might be a tougher question for you. If you are not in Washington D.C., and I, I'm going to back, I'm going to backpedal for just a minute because you were talking about all the great things around Washington and and how you guys have been really good at leveraging those opportunities and how much the federal government plays a role. I actually think that this hour with you is a great tutorial for anybody who's sitting in a capital city. Now, is it going to be the same as Washington? No, but it's a capital city. These capital cities are like multipliers, right? Do you think you could create uh, opportunities in some of the less oriented lanes uh, in other markets like you do there in Washington? Seems like we've lost him for a minute. He's on mute. Jeffrey, are you there? Jeffrey? I'm not sure we may have lost him for a minute. Jeffrey, are you there? I'm still here. Sorry about that. I lost you for a second. I got a poor connection. Can you hear me now? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, sorry about that. So do Go you ahead. think you can create opportunities if you were not in Washington, say you were in Columbia, South Carolina, or you were in some other capital city, some of those opportunities can be created in these other 50 capital cities, yes? Well, 100%. I, I can't tell you that it's the exact same thing that's taking place in Washington, D.C. that should be created right. there, but the same formula holds true. Go talk to the local community, find out from your advertisers what they need and when you find out what they need figure out how to deliver that and that will give you the ability to drive revenue in the local community going back to finding those opportunities sharing those solutions and delivering uh, measurable results anyone that's listening to this anyone that's working at a radio station in the united states can do that talk to your clients talk to your community find out what they need, figure out a way to deliver results to them, and you will be successful. When you look at the founding of, of Hubbard in 1923 in Minneapolis, that's what Stanley Hubbard did. He found something that people needed and their, their family continued along that line so from radio to TV to satellite TV to podcasting and now to digital services, find what the community needs, deliver results both from a product standpoint of entertainment and news and an advertising standpoint of how to reach that audience and your business will thrive the way that Hubbard has in leading into the 100th anniversary of the business next year. Are you good about the future of radio, Jeffrey? I feel good about the future of marketing and advertising. Radio is one piece of that which will always be uh, uh, attached to the audio piece, right? So too many of our business are focused on radio, future of the evolving aspect of delivering entertainment, news, information, sports, talk about politics, whatever it is, those forms, through the spoken word, music, to people that want to get it. We're delivering that message and then weaving advertising into it, that will be around forever. 
and has always been the original form of communication, talking to people, telling people a story. That is the way that man started. The, if you look at the, the, the first commute, right, they started with communication of stories, those stories, some of which 6,000 years ago, we still know about today. They wrote them down in those those original books. That Please, you that, can see them in the cave drawings. Sure, right? All right, I Jeffrey, mean, listen, I do hope you'll stick around for some potential questions from our sure. audience. Does that sound okay to you? Absolutely. All right, listen, you know you can always get more free resources for help with your sellers with our Encouraging Sales Success Series inside the blog at rainmakerpathway.com anytime. That is where we like to encourage radio pros at all levels. Don't forget to save this date, April 14th, 2022, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We are calling this event Getting Higher Sales Now in a Crowded Market, and it comes at a great time for us. This event will feature uh, sales consultant Alec Drake from Drake Media Group in Dallas, also, both Dave Deutsch, who is the president of Midwest Family, Brian Maloney, who's the vice president of Capital Broadcasting. These are real on-the-ground experts developing revenue in their local markets. They're going to share with you how you can directly boost your Q2 and remain 20 revenue. If you're not attached to revenue, uh, reach over to somebody else and let them know about April 14th, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here in the Encouragers on the Clubhouse app. Of course, that will be followed by it being a episode on our podcast as well. I do have a couple of questions right quick from our IM portal uh, that we have people submit questions to, Jeffrey. Uh, somebody wants to know, how long is your average work day? Well, it's eight o'clock right now. Do you consider that I'm still working or is this just for fun? So I don't think I, I, I don't ever work. I only have fun. Oh, I see. I see. So it really doesn't matter to you how long because it's a part of your passion, right? Well, if you make work fun, everybody wants to always have fun. So you're always willing to have fun. And Dude. instead of and, and so instead of working, I view it as having fun when I go to work. Is that uh, and, part of your job with sellers too, is to make those 12 people make their jobs fun too? Well, it's part of their job to make their That's jobs fun. It's also part of my job. However, you can never rely on somebody else to make you feel something. You make you feel something. Other people can help foster an environment that makes you feel something but you make you feel something. So if I feel like I'm going to fun and you feel like you're going to work, you've chosen to go to work and I've chosen to go to fun. Hmm. Well, listen, I know that a lot of people will be interested in this question, especially coming uh, an answer coming from you about this. How much time do you spend with individual sellers, either coaching, going on sales calls or brainstorming or in a meeting with them? That's a good that is my that's my primary focus every day is that I want to talk to clients. I want to talk to the clients with the sellers. I want to talk to the sellers. Uh, that is my primary focus. And I, I struggle with um, making sure I get through all of the internal things that need to take place because I prioritize the client and the salesperson as the tip of the spear of 
of the organization. And so what I end up doing to the previous question, I, somebody could say, oh, you're, you're being facetious. To the previous question, I prioritize those things that I believe deliver the most revenue to the organization. And then I do those things that must be done that are part of every job at times that are before or after work hours where I can be less interrupted, do them faster, and not uh, diminish the amount of time I can be speaking to salespeople or clients. Jeffrey, around your dinner table with your kids, are they getting this education? <laughs> I, like to, I like to talk to my kids about uh, a combination of negotiation and, and that piece earlier, just a couple minutes ago that I mentioned of you choose how you feel. Nobody else can make you happy or sad. You make you happy or sad or whatever other emotion that is. And learning about yourself delivers your ability to be your best self, whether that be on, on air or selling or managing or whatever. The better you know yourself, the better you are at delivering for others. Please tell us when you learned that wisdom. Was it early? Well, I don't know if you have enough time on this podcast, Lloyd. We might have to do a second, second session. I know. To talk about it. I know. You know what? I see why people have you on these uh, on these panels, and I'm grateful for your time. And I I will shut us down right there because I don't want to take up your entire night. We do try to keep things to about an hour. You've been nothing but gracious with us. I do want to thank people for joining us uh, every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the Radio Rally. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Radio Rally, it's easy. Email me, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. The, this is exactly the way we like to say it at Rainmaker Pathway with our clients and with others. And we certainly say it on the Radio Rally. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else that you want. Of course, uh, we do want to thank our special guest for this live event and podcast, Jeffrey Walensky, the Director of Federal and National Sales at WTOP, for being a very patient and giving guests with us. A special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which should be available very quickly here wherever you get your podcast. And a thanks to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio. Subscribe for free on Apple, Audible, Spotify, or almost anywhere you if you don't remember anything else from any of these live events, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally and the Encouragers, and good night.